Welcome to The Cooldown, a Bailiwick Express podcast where we meet the people making the sports headlines. All right, welcome to this special episode of The Cooldown, where we're focusing on the under-21 Maratic. In the green corner is me, Nick Mann, from Bailiwick Express in Guernsey. And in the red corner is the Jersey Evening Post sports editor, Stephen Anderson. Uh, when we agreed to record this last week, it's fair to say I wasn't in the most optimistic mood. Uh, my colleague here was telling me how much of a beating we're in for, and it was around the same time Jersey's netballers were romping away to victory against us in the Isle of Man. Um, but Guernsey came up with the goods. We lifted the Ambassador Bowl with a 2-1 win in the rain. Um, Steve, what went wrong? Nick, you were there, so I mean, it's hard to argue with what you're about to say on the on the fabric of the game. But I mean, looking at the highlights, um, I I'm sort of inclined to agree with with Paul Renton's comments. Our coach, um, it did look like they had multiple chances. He did he did also say they need to be more clinical um, and bury them chances that they have. Uh, there was a couple sort of errors in the build ups to the Guernsey goals that were avoidable. Uh, naturally, there was a red card in there in the first half, which changed the dynamic of the game. I think Barry Beetson was really hard done by with the first yellow card. I think the second was a yellow card, but the ref sort of made it really difficult for himself after he'd given a yellow card for the first one, which which looked a bit arbitrary, really. I, mean, I think um, Paul was right in in terms of you've you've made the referee make a decision. Um, Marathis are always going to be a bit fiery, aren't they? There, there were a couple of incidents during the game when the players were were up and up and about, and, and we'll, we'll address this later about about neutrality of referees and and where yeah. they should come from and their skills. But it definitely changed the dynamic of the game, um, and it is fair. Jer- Jersey, I think, were the better side, but at the end of the day, you got to put your chances away. Yeah, it's, it's as simple as that, isn't it? No, absolutely. And and I do agree with you there. Um, I mean, naturally, it's difficult to go away and play in front of a partisan crowd. One thing through playing golf in the past that I've known going to Guernsey is they're incredibly passionate about their team. Um, both sides are, but it seems like when you're in Guernsey, they, they really do care um, about their team and whether that is... Um, without sounding harsh, that little sort of chip on the shoulder of the fact that Guernsey is smaller and and typically in the past hasn't been quite as successful on a sporting stage as Jersey. Maybe that's where that passion comes from. And I mean, uh, feeling overly optimistic yourself. Um, And and maybe there was a case of that sort of underdog mentality. I think that that can work in your favour. And I think, like, I mean, I'm not going to say who said this to me, but there was somebody in the lead up to the game, we were talking about uh, Guernsey's record in the Marathis, Guernsey's record at age group Marathis, uh, obviously been really hard in the last three, four years. Um, but but what do we want? What's our target? Is our target to win every Marathi or do we look at the size of our population compared to Jersey's and think, you know what, one in three, one in three is a good record. Is that is that is that where we're aiming? Yeah, I think it's tough. I think if you speak to any any Guernsey uh, player that's close to the team, any Guernsey coach, I don't think that's the right mentality to have. You can't enter a game thinking, OK, well, we won the last one. So if we lose this one, it's not too bad. It's a very dangerous mindset to to go down. And I think you have to just take it from your front as it's a 90 minute game. Anything can happen over 90 minutes. Essentially, every Marathi is a cup final. 
and and you've just got to take it as such. I mean, I think some of this comes back as well. We saw Guernsey have that sort of golden period, in, in certainly in the senior Marathi, when GFC was set up, yeah. stole a march in Jersey, like, and and benefited from playing at that higher level. And we um, and obviously that that dynamics changed recently as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I do think Jersey in general is going through a sort of golden period. I don't think it's ever been stronger. If you look at the players that we're managing to now send off Ireland, obviously Luke Harris um, at Fulham, even Callum Osman now, who is is really coming through and, and making his mark on the under 21s. Uh, we've recently had Sammy Heniakamo, um, who's, who's making inroads at Swansea under 18s. I think when you look at the strength and depth as a whole, um, I do think there's there's a great... A great sort of era that Jersey are in. Um, looking at the under 21s, with at the risk of sounding bitter and making excuses, um, there was there was a fair few key players missing. I mean, the the proposed captain Sammy Sutcliffe, who has turned out regularly for the Bulls, um, was injured in a warm up against the Bulls that week and and ended up on crutches, sat on the bench watching the game. Um, in his last Marathi, you've obviously naturally got um, a player of Miguel Carvalho's um, stature who sort of came into the balls with Sammy, who's now at Swansea, uh, and he was training at Crawley over the Marathi, so we're missing him. Uh, James Sunley, another player that's been brilliant at age group Marathi's, had footballing commitments in the UK, and similarly, Leandro Vieira, who is with Maritimo in Madeira. So you have an awful lot of players in there um, key players as well, game-changing players that naturally have sort of moved on to quote-unquote better things. I mean, it's a, it's an interesting dynamic with the under 21s, isn't it? Because you you get such an age range. You know, like the Guernsey side, you've got 16-year-olds playing in there. Um, yeah. Like, and that, and that can really change like the makeup of the side. So you're talking about the players that that you're missing, um, and it, and and it works both ways. But I think there's a there's another side to it from our perspective where there's a reimagining almost a reimagining of Guernsey football it's like they we've seen announcements recently about how the academy is changing how they're becoming more performance focused over smaller age groups there um we see GFC uh, uh, you know they they're taking a season where they they they're taking a bit of a beating but they've got young players that they're blooding and and getting experience in the hope that that gives you better progression in the future and i think that's that's really interesting to see, and it's quite brave as well. Yeah. Um, the way they're going. Yeah, I think I think from a Guernsey FC standpoint, and obviously uh, you can't really talk about uh, Guernsey FA or Jersey FA without mentioning the Bulls or GFC, um, the players that are playing and representing the island sides. Uh, the majority of which are are playing for the two so-called elite clubs on the islands. Um, I think where Guernsey are in a difficult, difficult phase now, I think, and I think Jersey might get there. Um, it's just GFC, uh, GFC are obviously slightly more along the line uh, than the Bulls. But I mean, there is a real risk of going stagnant. And at the moment, they seem to be a bit stuck. Um, so I don't think there's anything wrong with sort of reinventing the wheel and trying to trying to change things, because at the end of the day, the definition of insanity is uh, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Let's let's um, take a little bit of a break and, and hear what um, 
Jordan Kelly, the, the Guernsey manager, had to say on the back of the result, absolutely delighted, obviously, with, with the performance and, and, and how, his, how his side played. And there were a lot of Guernsey players up to their first Marathi win. I just, just open up, how did it feel? It's nice to win. <laughs> it's nice to win the game. Sometimes I don't enjoy football when a game like that is so carnage and chaotic and it's, it's challenging. But again, for some of those players in that team, they never they never beaten Jersey. So for them, it's the first time. So it's, do you know what I mean, they deserve all the credit they're going to get because it was a great performance by the lads. And difficult first half, like um, I guess there are a few flare-ups in there as well. <laughs> but... Yeah, the first half was difficult with the wind. Um, Ollie Harrison, defenders made some great saves, some really, really good saves. Blocks, desire not to concede um, was outstanding. And they, they rode the storm and hey, they got their luck at the end, right? And you come in 1-0 um, up, what, what do you say to the lads? Um, obviously, jersey down to yeah. 10 as well. Yeah. Right? So yeah, we're 1-0 up, they get down to 10. It's just a case of just, just seeing the game. Try and control the game, we're in control. Jersey, to, to be given credit, they changed their shape and they, they got an advantage even with 10 men for about 20, 30 minutes and the lads rode the storm, we made a little change and yeah, ultimately, thank goodness we got our reward. I mean, obviously, like, like the beginning of that second half is not what, what you want to see. <laughs> oh no, do you know what I mean? We, we just had a, we just had a break, communicate what, we, what our plans and intentions were, try and control the game and then we go and concede, which to be fair, Jer- Jersey did well for that. Like, we've got to give them credit, they scored a great goal and... Yeah, it wasn't ideal, but we adapted, overcame, and problem solved, and we, we got what we wanted. I mean, I guess then you're showing resilience there as well, eh? I mean, your heads can go down. Yeah, no, I've, like I say, with anything I do, I've got a positive, I have a no negative philosophy. Okay, when, like, do you mean there's no point, it's pointless being negative, positive, adapt. We had the extra player to keep going, trust our process, trust our philosophy, trust your teammates, and it worked. And um, word for the crowd as well. That's great, wasn't it? Okay, they really got into it come the end, wasn't it? When like the challenges, the battles, goals, blocks, everything. Football is a, it's a collective, right? So on a Marathi day, the whole island comes together. And I mean, they make a 12 person for the players that are struggling with cramp, fatigue. They're the ones that keep them going. So massive credit to them as well. They all played their part. Great, thank you. No problem. All right, that, that was Geordie. Um, great, great to hear from him. Um, after the game, obviously, it's like you've been there, Steve, when you're reporting on the on on these matches, like the the emotion and what the, these managers put into it for their team, in the players, obviously, but the managers as well, is is incredible. It took me a bit longer to be able to speak to anyone from the Jersey side, understandably, um, but you, you you've dealt with Paul Renton before, and obviously now you've got a lot of time time for him there. Yeah, I mean, Paul. Um... Paul is massively passionate. I mean, he's coached so many age group Marathis. He's been involved with the Bulls sort of uh, under 18s, under 23 squad. Um, he sort of said to me in the build-up of the Marathi, every, it, it's not lost on him. I mean, he feels the same approaching this Marathi as he ever did his first one. Um, so he's hugely passionate and you need you need someone like that. And and he's he's very much a person who wears his heart on his sleeve. And and that's probably why afterwards he needed he needed some time um, to sort of process what had happened, especially if he feels slightly hard done by by the result. Um, and if there were decisions in there that you're not necessarily going to agree with, I think you need some sort of time to process that and probably not just that uh, time to sort of settle your team down. I mean, you've got guys in there and conversely with Guernsey lads getting their first Marathi win. Some of the Jersey lads hadn't experienced a loss before. Um it's a different feeling um, and it, 
probably takes the team a little bit of time to realise what has happened and and sort of uh, trying to settle settle his side down. So, so, so you know, these these games can be an important learning curve as well. Like, obviously, you always want to win. You always want to win a game, but actually, like, you learn a lot in defeat as well. And I know there were some messages that Paul got across to his his side after the match. So we'll, we're here from Paul now. Look, I thought we were the better team. Um... Even with Tainman, I thought it was a better team. Yeah, we've conceded two poor goals. First one, self-inflicted. Second one, I let other people um, who were here determine their thoughts on that. Um, look, we were really disappointed. Um, and as I say, I thought we were a better team with uh, 11 and also with 10. What lessons do you take from today? Score goals when we we know we had, I think, I think we had two 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 cleared off the line in the first half. Keepers had a good save. Uh, we hit the ball in the second half, so there's three or four. You know, if we take half of them, we win the game. And what were your, your expectations coming into today, and how you've performed? How does that measure up? I thought Luke has been a tough. Um, it's been a tough three or four weeks. With the players, I mean, um, we've you know we lost you know lost a couple of players this week, uh, one through injury and one with another football commitment. We would have started today, but I think it just shows you our strength and depth. Uh, when you look at the performance today, uh, you know when you look at our performance today, you know we were still the better team, um, and on another day we would have you know won the game reasonably comfortably. And you're down, you're down to ten men. What was the message at half time? Well, you, you seem reorganised. Uh, whatever the message was, it obviously worked because we were by far and away the best side in the second half. And I think you would agree with that. And your, your final, what was the final message to the players in the changing room just then as well? Oh, I just said to them, you need to keep, you need to keep eleven players on the pitch for a start off. And if you're given, you know, if you give the officials a decision to make. In some games, those decisions don't go for you, so that's the first lesson they need to take. The second lesson is we've got to take the chances. You know, if you take your chances and win the game. But I've got to say, I'm really pleased with the way they played second half, 10 men. Um, you know, you've, you've caught us at a bit of a tricky moment here. You know, it's, you know, really, you know I've put a lot, I mean, we've put a lot of time into this, a lot of time and a lot of effort, and to get nothing of the game when you think you des when you deserve, when you feel as though you deserve to get something. Um, yeah, it's it's it's, um, it's disappointing. It's a tough one. I appreciate yeah, it's your tough time. One. No problem. Appreciate your time. Thank you. I mean, so clear that he felt his side, even even with ten men, um, with a better team out there. And there's certainly like from watching, there was that period, twenty minutes of the of the second half where Guernsey really, you know, you're coming out at half time, you just want to control the game, you're a man up, and straight away they're on the back foot. Um, it's a testament to Jersey that they. They came back into it and, and did so well with ten, and they they, they reorganised so well. Um, it's, it was good to see from their side. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you have to credit Paul and the players. Uh, they obviously readdressed how they wanted to play coming out of half time. You're one nil down on Sarnian soil, and you're down to ten men. I mean, it's it's a very tough proposition, um, and to come back and make it one all there through Rye. Um, was a testament to sort of uh, the resolve of the team, really. Um, and and obviously 
sort of pressure told eventually. Guernsey managed to grab that winning goal. Um, but I mean, you do have to sort of try and take the positives out of that and a glass half full mentality that, that his side were fully committed. All the 10 players that were out there at, at the time, um, they certainly didn't make it look like they were a man like. Yeah, it was, it was, it was the, you know, and, and you can always pick these things up from the crowd almost as well. It was so like the Guernsey crowd, when, when we're up, when we're up, we're up. When we're down, it's so it was so bright at first. Like, like there were leaves blowing down from the from the stands. It sort of got a bit eerie. Um, that's my <laughs> poetic side to things. There you go. What what analysis that is? Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Like a like a like a Gansey Peter Drury. <laughs> I've been wasted in journalism all this time. Um, let's let's move on a little bit here. Let's um. Think about the future of this match, I guess. Um, and I know you've got some thoughts on on the officiating side of it. Yeah, and I don't think again this isn't this this is sitting on the fence here and on both sides. I think I think it's very difficult, and a lot of people know what to expect when Guernsey come here. You know you've got a Jersey ref. And I think it sort of changes your entire mentality entering the fixture. Not only are you in front of a partisan crowd uh, that are probably pressuring referees as is, but you've got um, a Jersey referee in Jersey and conversely a Guernsey referee in Guernsey. Um, I don't think there should be any reason why they don't look into uh, bringing over a ref from England um, if both the football associations are covering the costs of his visit. Um, I don't think it's really going to break the bank of either side. Um, I think it's probably the way going forward. Uh, I think it's, it's very difficult for either ref, whether it's a Guernsey ref in Guernsey or a Jersey ref in Jersey, because sometimes you may be so conscious of appearing biased that it may go the other way. I mean, you may start giving decisions for Guernsey as a Jersey ref that maybe you wouldn't normally give because you don't want to appear like you're being biased. I, I think it's just very hard to remain neutral. I mean, it, 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 it depends how, I mean, both FAs, like you've, you've got to see this as an important game in the season, like especially for the under 21s, because how often do they, do they get to play at that level um, yeah. as, as island sites representing your island? So, you know, I think you I tend to agree. You've just got to give the fixture the, the kudos that it, it deserves and it deserves good officiating or well, the best officiating that it, it can get. And that, that stands for any inter-island sport, you know? Yeah, I've, I mean, I completely agree. There there will be players in various different sports that play on bigger stages than the Marathi is based on rankings and stuff like that. You've seen it in cricket recently. Obviously, the Jersey cricketers have, have been very successful, relatively speaking, on the world stage. But you'll hear Neil McRae, the Jersey coach, always talk about the interinsular. Everyone wants to play in it, regardless of the fact they've just played on the world stage in Africa. They all want to play interinsulars. For Jersey-born and Guernsey-born people, it's hard to pick out fixtures more important to them on a personal level. Um, and and you've got really difficult decisions to make. I mean, conversely now, um, Barry, who was the unfortunate guy sent off for Jersey, 
in in the under 21s Marathi now is one of them younger players and misses out on the under 18s Marathi his last opportunity to play for the under 18s and when you think of a regular league fixture you may just miss a regular game through that he now misses the chance to play against Guernsey again which I just think the the uh, the, the punishment just doesn't match the crime on that front and I think I think it's incredibly important like you said Mano that these fixtures should be taken for what they are. And for a lot of people, they are the most important fixture that they'll play in the calendar year. I was going to um, finish up by maybe just having a, a bit of a look ahead. I was, I, I think I've got the fit. I, I did have the fixture list for the, the rest of the uh, Marathis going forward and I've just lost it. So there we are. Right. Maybe I'll, <laughs> I'll edit that in later just so yeah. that we can uh, see, see where we're going, going in the future. Um, final thoughts. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, it's it, it was a bit strange having a Marathi in, in November yes, in general. Yeah. Um, I think when you look at it, I always typically thought Marathi's in spring. Um, but for people that are hungry to see that, I mean, breaking them up um, can't necessarily be a bad thing. Um, so, I mean, it, it also just gives players in the early season sort of something going forward to look forward to um, if if they do plan on keeping it in November going forward. I think it worked. Um, I think it worked in terms of like it, it, the, the stand was full at foot's length, you know, I think yeah. in terms of like a spectacle and, and, and a product that people wanted to go and see, it yeah. was brilliant. Like, you no, know, and- you know, and, uh, and na- naturally, when you have a game in November, the weather behaved, and and it did at Foots Lane, obviously in torrential rain. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. So obviously, obviously, it's an ideal time of year to have a final in general. I think maybe we should move all the football to the worst weather conditions. Yeah, I um, think that might suit Guernsey actually. So I mean, that, that, that might be might be something that you wanna you wanna suggest and sort of take take as much skill element out of the equation as you can. We'll bring them, and they can all be played over here as well. Um, yeah, no. Guernsey refs, Guernsey refs, Guernsey balls. Um, yeah, yeah, everything, everything. Yeah, probably, probably not allow any jersey support in there. I'd imagine. Maybe we could like combine it with the basketball as well, just to get that real sort of guaranteed winning feeling. <laughs> I mean, everything. I mean, I'm actually really glad because we planned we planned to um, do this podcast last week, and obviously, as you said, netball wasn't looking overly uh, pretty for you, and the prospects of the football wasn't either. So, the fact I've caught you in a little bit of a good mood is is probably best for for the dynamic of the podcast. So, um, in long story, there. Um, I feel like it's probably worked better for you, um, just feeling a little more upbeat after after the footballing victory over the weekend. I mean, obviously, and you know that I'm a happy-go-lucky chap all the time. You, you, you've dealt with me before, especially after <laughs> these these football these sporting occasions. I'm always, you know, always always up and about about it. You know. So. Yeah, absolutely. Glass half full, man. All right, it's been great to chat, mate. We'll um, we'll we'll be doing this again moving forward um, as we have more Guernsey victories and more inter-island fixtures. I'm not quite so sure what's going to happen uh, if it goes the other way. Whether I'll call you up or not is, is, is um, 
well, it's my my call, really, isn't it? So yeah, well, I mean, I can always arrange our own podcast to celebrate Jersey victory. I mean, there's been enough of them over the calendar year, to be fair. You think you get a bit tired? Yeah, no, absolutely. So I mean, when it when it becomes mainstream and and expected, I mean, it is quite difficult to sort of continually celebrate success. So it is quite nice um, when Guernsey get their their sort of five minutes of fame. All right, I'm off to go and have a look at the Ambassador Bowl a bit closer. Um, I'm, I'll send you a picture and, and we'll catch up again soon, mate. Cheers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is the first time you've had it since 2019, so enjoy it. That was the cool down. Thanks again for listening. Please like and subscribe for more. You can find all our sports news on gsy.bailiwickexpress.com and on all our social channels. Sign up to our daily email to keep up to date on all the work the Express team does.